This is Absolute Radio Frank. Celebrating Frank Skinner's 60th birthday. I've had a terrible week, I'll be Why? honest. I've had the worst, one of the worst weeks ever. What? Why? Well, I went away to Brighton with my girlfriend for the week and we argued. Oh, that sounds dreadful. No, well, no, no it sounds well. lovely. It was a beautiful <laughs> setting. The weather was great. The, you know, the, the, the sun-kissed beaches, the, the beautiful sea splashing against the pebbles. But we argued for three days, full stop. I mean, we argued and argued. It was like we'd, we'd suddenly decided to bring a, a greatest hits album of our arguments. We had arguments that we haven't had since 2002. And it was like listening to a greatest hits. So you thought, oh, God, I forgot all about this argument. Yeah, this, oh, actually, this is a good argument. I haven't, I haven't listened to it for years. And, I, and isn't it weird that you remember all the words? Absolute Radio. Frank. So I've had the most bone-idle, lazy week I've had for many a long... I've, I've, when I was a kid, we used to um, we used to say occasionally, why don't you come round my house tomorrow and we'll have a DOS, right? And having a DOS meant we'll do nothing. And we actually made an appointment to do nothing. Come round our We can get to sound so in the morning, but on the afternoon we'll just have a DOS. And just meant we sat around and did nothing. That's what I've done all week. I've just had a DOS. Absolutely. What have you done? Like watch telly and things? Yeah, I've, I've got a beanbag, a corduroy beanbag. <laughs> uh, a massive corduroy beanbag I've got. I'm not bragging. And uh, <laughs> I lay on uh, I lay on that for some of the I did other things, but mainly I lay on that and watch daytime television and films, football, cricket. Oh man! Did you find yourself getting very into daytime TV as well? Like got, agreeing with Lorraine Kelly? I, I got very into thing. corduroy. <laughs> I, uh, it, it was like you know when you rub your fingertips together after a very long bath. That's what corduroy is like. I've discovered. So you used to arrange to do nothing. Yeah. Because isn't nothing just the default state? Isn't nothing what you're doing before you do something? Well, I'm liking, so, I'm liking the way this is going. I'm not totally with him, but I'm liking the way it's going. Because <laughs> there's too much stuff on radio about, I see Madonna as a doll. There's too much like that. I like people about talking about nothing. Default state. <laughs> Actually, they're talking about nothing quite a lot on radio, I come to think of it, but never in this kind of high, high-blown high philosophical way. I'll give you an example of my nothingness. Okay. I watched this morning... Mm. Right, and they had the world's tallest man on. Who's been everywhere this week? I mean, he's you know. He... Oh, he's very ubiquitous. Oh, he is. Yes, I think he's Hungarian. <laughs> but he was on. He's eight foot eight, apparently, which is just that's very tall. Oh, it's ridiculous. Mm. And um, they didn't even point out his ridiculousness. But he's a very tall Hungarian man. And they said they had him on, and they did the thing. They made him stand next to a, a tape measure. <laughs> he spends his whole life standing next to a measure. He's like he's someone from the usual suspects. Obviously, he'd be a very unusual suspect. Um, I shouldn't think. I think a life of crime is not an option for the world's tallest man. No. Can you describe him? Yeah, he's about eight foot eight. I think we've got him. <laughs> Absolute Radio Frank. Yeah, so we went to the pantomime. I went mainly because Mickey Rooney was in it. Do you know oh, Mickey yeah, Rooney? Mickey is, Rooney from Pete's Dragon. Was he in Pete's Dragon? He's in he? Pete's Dragon. I didn't, I didn't know he was in Pete's Frank Dragon. Frank and I remember him more from the 1940s when we were yes, young. Exactly, I remember him with Judy Garland. Yeah, and yeah. In the Andy Hardy films. Yeah. Oh, they're not plugged off enough on Absolute Radio, I always think. What, another show with no Andy Hardy mention? I often say at home. Um, yeah, Mickey's so now 89. He is 89, and fair play to him, he looks it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you see some 89 year olds only look about 87. Um, he certainly looked it when you started shouting out, Rune, well, Rune. Got, yeah, got to encourage him at that age. Absolute Radio. 
Frank. Rod Gilbert um, hasn't gone. We couldn't get rid of him. <laughs> I, I, leave. Gone. I was supposed to leave. We said goodbye, didn't we? I hate it when you say the big goodbyes and then people stay. Oh, it's so embarrassing, isn't <laughs> it's it? It's like when you've met someone on holiday and you do a big emotional farewell <laughs> at, the, at the airport and then they're at the taxi rank next to you. Oh, you don't know what to... I, think, I don't want to speak you know, to him now. I know you said goodbye to me in the last link, but I thought it's raining out there and I've got up, <laughs> I've got up early for this. After two hours sleep, I'm staying around. Well, you didn't get up that early. Plus, you've been bombarded with texts and messages asking me to stay. We yes. had one. We, we did that. We had one. Yeah, we, we had one, Rod. Yeah, but it was from somebody important. Okay. Yes, you. Don't think we didn't notice. Now, there is, we should say there is a message. There's a message. We have a whiteboard in the studio where, you won't believe this, but they've written 8, 12, 15, so I don't forget the text number, right, because I have done before. But underneath it, what does that say, Rod? It says, Boreda Rod, Kroiso, Golden Square, Carriad, Polly. Yes. Yeah. Now, obviously, we've switched all the letters round. Have <laughs> <laughs> I got to make sense of that? It means good morning, Rod. Welcome to Golden Square. Love, Polly. That's Aww. nice. Isn't that nice? nice. And I didn't notice that until, well, just now. Now, I said to these two this morning, wouldn't it be brilliant to do a Rod Gilbert interview where we don't mention Wales at all? <laughs> but I don't, I don't think it worked, did it? I don't think it We've got came very close, though. Yeah. Because this isn't the interview. This is the post-interview no, chat. this is the interview annex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the Perhaps appendix to the interview. See what we could do now. We could, the appendix? Yeah. You're fired. <laughs> um, that would be good, wouldn't it? If it was a program about having your appendix. How do they fire people before they've even employed them? You wondered that? Yeah, that's a very that's a good, good point. point. Yeah. You can't, surely that's against some kind of EU employment. <laughs> tribute. You can't just yeah. look at somebody in an interview and go, you're fired. I haven't even got the job yet. You can't. Just, maybe I didn't even want it. Yeah. <laughs> Could you climb redundancy path? I don't know, exactly, yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> I'll take, true, I'll take the holiday pay woman, yeah. That is. I don't what? know, it's weird, isn't it? That, yeah. Well, the yeah. cart's before the horse on that, yeah. yeah. that programme. You're yeah. not hired. It's yeah. not quite as punchy, though, is Don't it? call us, we'll call you. <laughs> or, or if you suddenly go, well, we're seeing some other people. <laughs> we'll get in touch with you by now. Next Tuesday. I mean, that would be Robbie's catchphrase. Yeah, it's not catchy enough, is it? It's not, it's not brutal enough or catchy enough. It's not punchy. That's the trouble with it. Absolute Radio Frank. Ross Noble in the studio. Good morning. Hi. Anyway, so you've yeah. got a TV show. I do have a TV show coming out, yes. What, what's that? What's it's, that like? Uh, what's that like? <laughs> Good Lord. What happened there? <laughs> Did Ant and Dick possess your body? <laughs> You're yeah. over t- I'll say, I'd say it was 70% Ant, 3% Dick. Yeah. It's a version of uh, The Fly. You know, The Fly with... Yeah, uh, it's just Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Yes. Yeah. Your TV show. I've got a TV show, yeah. It starts... It's on the fly with Jeff Goldblum. It is, that's exactly what <laughs> well, it is. Well, what a coincidence. It's me being swatted by a selection of celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> can I come on? <laughs> you, like, you know what, there's shows like that people would watch if it was just, like, celebrity swatting. Like, I came up with a show once, right, and it was called Vanessa Felt Fight a Pig, right? Right. And it was basically just half an hour of Vanessa in a leotard fighting a live pig, right? Right. And there's no, there's no like, nobody votes, nobody gets voted on or off, there's no sort of, you know, there's there's no high concept to it. It's literally just her, not even an audience, just a barn, just an open, you know, just an open farmyard. No just, rules. No rules at all. Oh. Just but one of those big pigs, you know, those massive, you know, those big like hog things. Oh yeah. And it's just Vanessa just punching, you know, pig in the headlock, and the pig's lying on her for a bit, and it's just fi- and, and like pig in the headlock sounds like a meal, doesn't it? It's like <laughs> yeah. toad in the hole. Toad in the hole. <laughs> Absolute radio. 
Frank. It says my list of things about Sarah oh. Millican. She can do a good honking car oh, horn. Oh, do you only hear it? Is that what it says? Yeah. Is that on, like, my CV? <laughs> that's that's, that's awesome. basically it. It's actually the only thing I can do, yes. It just says that and the fact you're on to plug your tour in October. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. That is good. Thank you. One this- more time. My friend bought me a bike horn for no reason whatsoever and I used to squeeze it and whenever anybody said something funny around us and I couldn't be bothered to respond, I would just back at them and then I thought, well, this is no good because I'm going to have to carry this with us. So instead, I just learned how to do it over months. <laughs> just practised in the house on my own. That sounds quite tragic have now. Have you ever tried levitation? No. <laughs> do you think that's the next step? I think is that, is that what happened with David Copperfield? He started off just doing a, a car horn noise, a bike horn, and then he started levitating. Well, I think what he... You know, when, I noticed when you did the car horn, you actually how reached and squeezed it. Yes. Well, I think that David Copperfield's was set a little higher than yours. And as he reached up to <laughs> squeeze it, he, he suddenly noticed he was three feet from the floor. Wow. That, that must have been a good day. That could have happened to anyone. So, um, you're off to Australia soon? Yes, in the middle of March. Have you done the... for the Melbourne Festival? Yes. Are you a, are you a fan of Australia? Uh, yes, I went there last year and did the festival for the first time and it went really well and it was funny. It, I was a bit annoyed uh, that I couldn't cuddle a koala. I'd been told that this was almost obligatory when you get a step into the country, but in the state of Victoria, it's not allowed. You're allowed to look at them, but you're not allowed to cuddle them. So I'm going to have to go out of the state because I just really want to cuddle a koala. Well, I have to say, when I was there, I, I, they told me this, and we went to this place where there was koalas, and I said to the guy, "Look, you know, I'm, uh, I'd really love to cuddle a koala." And he said, "Oh well, you know, the thing is, mate, so they've all got chlamydia." Oh, and I said, that's lucky, so have I. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got nothing to lose. And I got to hold, uh, a, a, oh. a, 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 and I've got the picture. Oh. I'm wearing an England football shirt, and, and the, 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 the black claws <laughs> of the koala are just hooked <laughs> on the slightly raised badge. He's just getting a bit of purchase on the England badge. It's a great... Was it, was it nice and furry? Um it was actually, it was a bit coarse. Oh. Yeah, they're supposed to smell quite bad as well, but I don't mind. I've had boyfriends, it's fine. Well, it was, <laughs> exactly. they smell of eucalyptus because they eat... Oh, well, it's sort of keep your sinuses it's clear. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, a bit like, it's a bit like hogging an old age pensioner who's been on the halls mentholyptus <laughs> lozenges. Absolute Radio Frank. I was in a cafe with a bloke and he asked, he, he called the white house. It's an Italian place, yeah. Italy, and he said, can we have a due cappuccini? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> shut your face. That. I couldn't <laughs> I didn't want it after that. I'd, I could have threw it at him in, in, right into his... Um... I don't like it when people get words wrong, though. No. My mum does a lot of these. My mum says halloumi cheese. She calls it halimi. OK. It's not that bad. Well, no, why don't you just leave her alone? <laughs> I mean, she's 98. <laughs> not yeah. as bad as that bloke who she said to me. She speaks through a machine. I mean, give her a chance. <laughs> Could be a fault in that. Have a look at that. Have a look at that keyboard. She doesn't talk to a machine. That's doesn't just her voice. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I got that from. I just imagine she might talk through a machine. Doesn't make her a bad person. If she did, is anyone listening who talks to a machine? Respect to you. She uses That's the right. telephone sometimes. Well, there you go. Then so don't call me a liar and then <laughs> and then back me off in the same in the same breath. Or well, maybe not the same breath, but well, you know what I mean. My dad used to talk about uh, the writer Somerset Matham oh. instead of Somerset Maugham. Oh. 
And he also used to say, um, etiquity instead of etiquette. <laughs> yeah, you could do a learning a bit of etiquity, he used to say to me. We used to laugh, we used to sit at home, sawdust on the floor, two or three bull terriers slumbering at the fireside. And the whippet, Shep. Yeah, the, the whippet the whip was called Cal. Oh, that was Shep Cal, was sorry. a Staffordshire bull terrier. Oh, I don't want to go through my entire, entire dog list <laughs> on here. I ate a dog list on morning radio. Absolute radio. Frank. So, if you're doing a, a, a tour with 97 shows... I said this last time and I'll say it again. You're the only person in Britain who has two syllables for tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, you know, you're on tour. Uh, you're on you're tour, on yeah. And oh, that's so, a good impression, Lee. I like I, that. Oh, no, I, I spent a lot of time with Frank. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, were you... Um, were you not tempted to add the other three and make it around 100? Because that would have been a good publicity thing, wouldn't it, that... The hundred Lee Max one hundred. I hadn't even thought of that. Oh. But now I am so annoyed at myself for not doing that. Now, I'm not but you can one. still you could add three gigs. Yeah, but it's not the same now, is it? All the publicity's gone out. I've spent a fortune on advertising. Well, you can always come back on and say, "Guess what? <laughs> I'm doing three other gigs." Do you know my? I'm so addled with my. I'm so obsessed with darts. If anyone ever says a number now, I always think of it as a checkout. Like when you said hundred, then I immediately thought treble twenty top. <laughs> <laughs> And when and when you said ninety seven, in my head I was thinking treble treble nineteen tops. So as long as it's a finish, I don't mind. Well, that's because you have the most working class pedigree of any comic that's ever lived. Can I just read this out from it's the, the most backhanded compliment? I've ever <laughs> listen, had in my to life. listen to this. As a kid, lived above a pub in Blackburn. After yeah. leaving school, he worked in a bingo hall yeah. and as a stable boy, and then became a blue coat at Pontins. Yeah, you forgot. Have, you, have you, you, you haven't mentioned the clock factory. <laughs> Have you arrived in a time machine from the... <laughs> you should have been doing musical. I've had, I've had an old school upbringing into showbiz, haven't I? You yeah. certainly have. Yeah, the pontins, bit of pontins, bit of, bit of bingo calling. Yeah. So living above the... Is that where the darts thing came in, living above darts the pub? I used to stand on a stool. I wanted to be a professional darts player. I spent a year once on the dole playing darts ten hours a day. Ten hours? Meant, I was obsessed. <laughs> You know, you've often told your stories and, and stuff about your drinking. Right? Yes. About is your obsession. Yes. We'll replace that with darts. That was my thing. Well, I, darts is better for you. I think yeah. that's fine. Well, yeah. Well, the two Although are off It goes quite handy. Yeah. Down. <laughs> <laughs> but what it was was I used to, I got I got really good. I really did. I got absolutely. You know, I was practicing all day. And then I joined a pub team and I went to pieces. I couldn't play in public. And I came to the conclusion that every time I would throw in my bedroom, I'd get on the bed, walk across, take the darts out of the board, walk off the bed. So I was spending all day up on the bed, off the bed. So I couldn't play without the bed in front of me. So I thought, if I could take the bed to the pub and just put it in front of the dartboard and replicate the home situation... <laughs> But apparently that's not in the rules, you're not No, you to, can't, you, you can't, can't replicate. I mean, no. I think you'll find you get nothing in this game for two in a bit. <laughs> Absolute Radio Frank. Mm, and relax. I've had my hair cut. You know, I'm quite pleased with it. Yeah, I, actually, I like it. I actually went in and the woman said, what would you like? And I said, um, I'm thinking early Morrissey. <laughs> <laughs> and she was quite young, Australian. I thought, she won't know who Morrissey is. And, and she said, yeah, that, that's the look at the moment. And I thought, well, I'm liking the sound of it being the look. So that's what I've. I've I like it, Frank. It looks quite military. Yes, well, short back and sides Mm. always does. There's there's an element of a poor house about it, but it's. uh, But I I tell you what I like. I said um, because I've learnt now what what I need, and I I say um, clippers on three, all the way around. So what does that mean? Really short. That's the setting. Oh, okay. Well, it means it looks like this. Okay. And. uh, she started really going at it. With, and it's a great thing when the hair's dropping off you with the clippers. It's a very... Um, Tell I mean, me about it. Yeah, you can see why sheep have that contented smile on their faces. Because <laughs> it's, it's lovely to feel it. Oh, 
just to feel all the hair coming off. And I said, it's great, isn't it, with the clippers to just go at it? She said, she said, yeah. She said, I'd love to do this to my dad, but I don't think he'd let me. And I thought, oh. <laughs> just a minute. <laughs> hmm. What do you mean? I'd love to do this to my dad. Like, I'm all, obviously, I'm somebody's dad. He was thinking, ooh, he's still trying to relive his youth. And I'm sitting there in the chair now, abused, I felt. How um, old was this creature? Oh, she was probably, I'd probably say, early 20s. Oh, how very dare oh, she? Oh, I wish I could do this to my dad, she said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the clippers were a bit... Uh, they sounded a bit like that. Yeah. <laughs> but they yeah. were listening in there. They were listening to Absolute 80s, which, in case you don't oh. know, Absolute... They have a whole string of other channels behind our backs going on <laughs> uh, with no DJs as well, almost as if they're moving towards that as an ideal. <laughs> anyway, Absolute 80s, as you might guess, is for people in their 80s. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of Lonnie Donnie going on there. <laughs> And, um, it's my favourite. Yeah, and a lot of stuff about the war. Um, <laughs> they keep quite, replaying the abdication speech, yeah, don't they? There was some quite disparaging stuff about Hitler I thought was unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the jingle is the sound of a doodle bog, which apparently <laughs> sends the poor listeners into paroxysms of fear. Anyway, they had they had the 80s. Now, there is a song, there is probably one song I can think of that whenever it's played... I, I have to dance, and I mean, I have to dance. Oh, and it came no. on in the shop, and I thought, oh, no. This was before I got into the chair. It's that one, uh, don't leave me this way. Oh, Blonsky I can't survive. <laughs> if, if I've gone slightly off mic, it's because I'm dancing. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I don't sing along with it, because, uh, <laughs> but I do have to dance, right? Um and I, I thought, I can't dance in here. There's, you know, it was early in the morning. The other people in there that look sullen. And uh, I, I, I did that dancing sitting down that you do. Like, when you know when you're at a club. Oh, shuffling in your seat. Yeah. yeah. My feet were really, my feet were moving all over the place, but I was still seated. I found it made me, if anything, more agile that I was sitting. Because <laughs> I did things with my feet I couldn't have done if I was standing. Um, unless I was wearing one of them jetpacks like Roger Moore. I think we'll have some adverts. <laughs> and then I'll tell you what happened to me when I bought a watch. <laughs> you won't believe it. Absolute Radio Frank. So we all, we had a bit of a works out in this week, I think it's fair to say. Oh, I loved it. We went to the Union Chapel in, um, in the north of London to see um, E. John. Mm. As I Eltonia. Elton, yeah. Um, I Elton always think, John. I always think he must get letters to Mr E. John. Mm. I don't know why, but I, I, I like that idea. Maybe they're just Dear John. <laughs> yeah, Dear John letters yeah. he gets. That's no, what he it's gets. a bit formal, isn't it? Perhaps from someone who was <laughs> in the year above him at the school. Because <laughs> he wasn't called that then. He was called Reg Dwight. That's his real yeah. name. Yes. So, um... I always, evening, that about, I always think that about Candle in the Wind. If Marilyn Monroe had been alive, wouldn't she have thought, why do you have to use my old name, use my proper name? If I wrote a tribute to him, saying, Oh, Reg Dwight, <laughs> you may lack things in height, but not in talent. <laughs> if, you know, he'd say, why use that name? The bit I, I don't make, think that's the problem we'd have with that. <laughs> so, oh, really? <laughs> the worst... I think... I, I mean, he's, he was brilliant. Should, we should establish... He was, he was amazing. So he was amazing. It was just him and a piano and uh, no band or anything. What I like, Frank, is that you and I were so shocked at how he could sing so well. We both went, his voice is great. He plays the piano really well. <laughs> yeah. It took me 40 years to work out that Elton John can sing and play the piano. Could you believe that? And I'll tell you something else. You know, he's 60 or Good head of air. 
<laughs> I... L- lustrous. I mean, lustrous. Absolute Radio Frank. I went to the doctor this week and turns out I've got ringworm. Ah. Now, I know what you're thinking. Ah. But it's not a worm. Is it contagious? Is it's not contagious. Well, actually, it could be because he said to me, I said, look, I've got this thing on my arm. Um... It's, um, I won't show it you now. I, I'm not taking off my... Oh, OK, don't show it to me ever. <laughs> oh, I thought, I thought people... Oh, oh, I like to see a scab of any kind. Anyway, um, it was... Uh, he said to me earlier, he said, have you got a horse? I said, well... He did, He did. That was his first question to me, have you got a horse? I, I thought maybe, you know, it was a... I thought, is it a tube strike? <laughs> He's looking for a lift. Did you think you're Prince Charles? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I hope not. Well, mm. I've heard about ringworm. I think wrestlers get it. It's very common amongst wrestlers. Wrestlers get mm, it? Yeah. Honestly, there's right? a lot of skin-on-skin contact uh, and abrasions. That. It looks like a small red rosette on my arm, which is why I think he might have been asking about the horse. <laughs> oh, Maybe he thought I'd turned up, you know, I was something of a braggart. And I turned up with a couple of uh, trophies I'd wanted to uh, to race and Jim Carner. Absolute Radio, Frank. I have a girlfriend, as you you may know. She's called Kath. People who listen will know that I mention her case. Kath has a habit of um, saying things not quite correctly. Yeah, I'm familiar with this. Yes, she says, like, you know, old adages and proverbs. But she she once said to me, oh, you know what they say, uh, Jack would eat no sprat. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, this week, she was on about something she'd been to. She said, oh, it was, it was like pulling blood. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you think, would be incredibly difficult, unless, you know, unless it was in canisters of some kind. But my favourite, she was talking about someone she'd spoken to. She said, so I said to him, you know, and like, she'd confronted someone about something. She said, you should have seen him. It was like a fishing headlight. <laughs> <laughs> and she's not joking as well. That's what I don't understand about it. I'm just trying to s- explain, what, you know, the nature of our love. <laughs> and also, we, I walked into work with her this week and um, she looked proper cold. She always wears a scarf. She wasn't wearing a scarf. It was a freezing cold morning. Mm. I said, why aren't you wearing a scarf? Have you lost it? She said, no. She said, I've got these um, spots on my neck. I'm trying to freeze them out. <laughs> That's not... That's not medically possible, is it? Uh, unless it's like verrucas. I don't think you freeze them with liquid ver- nitrogen, don't Can you? Can you get verrucas on your neck? Besides, it wasn't. Oh, this is wasn't. a nice Valentine's <laughs> t- topic. Yes. Um, I don't. Th- yes, also, it wasn't so cold as like liquid nitrogen cold. <laughs> no, I mean, I imagine the so. walk to work to liquid <laughs> nitrogen. It'd be like the beginning of a uh, Uriah Heap gig. Absolute Radio Frank. Don't mix. April Fool's mm. pranks with PMT. Oh, dear. It's a very, very dangerous cocktail, right? And what happened was, uh, when I got up on uh, whatever morning it was, was it Thursday morning, April Fool's Day? Yeah. But anyway, I got up. I told my girlfriend that I'd been offered a, a series on uh, Channel 4 with Got Kwan. <laughs> <laughs> That is um, quite a good April Fool. In which, I suppose, a lot of you listening tried the same thing with <laughs> your girlfriends. I um, And I said it was called Would You Wear That? <laughs> Did you really say this? Honestly, thing? yeah. And I said it was a programme in which I went out into the streets of Britain with Gok Kwan and I wore a series of elaborate avant-garde <laughs> outfits. Um, and I said I'd been offered 40 episodes. <laughs> 40? <laughs> I thought that'll swing it, surely. 
Well, when I told her at first, I've been off the yeah. episode with, with Got Kwan, she said, uh, oh, he's quite, you know, people, he's quite in at the moment, Got Kwan. I thought, oh, God, this isn't going at all. Well, <laughs> then she went into the other room, and of course, with the PMT, she then came out saying, God, I can't believe that. It's going to be so humiliating. He completely flipped. <laughs> And she got so angry and aggressive about the fact that I was... Because I, I was saying, I think it's a really good... I'm going to say yes, I better tell you. And my manager's all for it. I love the idea of you in, like, some Harlequin's outfit. Exactly, yeah, in, in Oldham, in a, in a shopping centre in Oldham. And him saying, you know, oh, go down there, Frank. And I say, hold on, do you standing on my pantaloons? <laughs> So, anyway, uh, she got so angry about the fact that I was doing Would You Wear That We Got well, Quan. You think it's a real programme now? You're talking yeah. about... She got, I was frightened to tell her it was a joke. No. So, so I, I left her. We, we left Did you the... ring Channel 4 and say you're going to have to commission it? <laughs> well, she actually mentioned <laughs> to someone at Channel 4 that <gasps> I was doing it. And they, no! said, oh, they said, really, no! I, I hadn't heard about that. Oh. <laughs> she found her mother and said... I think she, Apparently she said, I, I think I might have to split up with Frank. He's going to absolutely humiliate us. We walked, we left home together. We walked in to work together and she suddenly said, I think I've left the iron on and went in the opposite direction. Absolute Radio Frank. I'm not making this Hacked up. by a squirrel. Yes, that's it. That's, you've, you've summed up the, 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 complete, <laughs> the complete event in, well, exactly the same words that I did. Um, she was walking through St James's Park in uh, central London and um, with a friend, Carmen, and this... Um, squirrel ran encircled her leg on the way up you know they'd run round the tree trunk went round not my girlfriend's legs or anything like a tree trunk can i mention not that remotely out? like tree no. trunks oh, there, was, legs. there was once that tawny owl that used to live in her behind <laughs> anyway so, so he, he encircled her, her leg going up and then he, he he sort of hung from one of her buttocks by his claws wow. really yeah she got proper scratches on her legs it was uh yeah. Are you sure these are from a squirrel, Frank? Did you believe oh, God, this story? Oh, God, I thought of that. You think she could be seeing some sort of... I'm going to say the word dwarf on the side. <laughs> is that what you're suggesting? <laughs> oh, no, I hadn't thought of that. So you've got to be so careful now. I'll have to hire some sort of private detective and, and all that. Maybe I could get a weasel <laughs> in, a, in one of those, like, trench coat. No, she had, she had to. She was supposed to go for a tetanus, but her theory was that its claws would have been clean because it's snowing, so they would have somehow <laughs> been sterilised. Oh, she's worked it all out. Absolute Radio Frank. I'd already had an argument with my girlfriend just before New Year because she wouldn't hula hoop. <laughs> my girlfriend's oh, sister so hula hoop. Yeah, but you know, I what like... do you mean with an actual hula hoop? What do you think with? No, I, I, I wanted a hula hoop with a thing. burning Triumph Toledo. <laughs> So, why did you want her to hula hoop? Well, because I, I have this thing. I see New Year's... Fetish when it, when, thing. When it actually becomes New Year, I see it as a bit like St. Swithin's Day. You know, if it rains on St. Swithin's Day, it rains for 40 days and 40 nights, right. apparently. Mm. Well, I always think if, if New Year isn't perfect, if that moment of midnightness isn't absolutely perfect, it'll be a terrible year in which horrible I'm a bit thing. with you on that. So, um, my girlfriend's sister hula hooped and we videoed her, you know, she's quite good at it. And mm. then I hula hooped. That sounds well, a bit creepy. Well, I, oh, no, Why did you lovely. video her hula hooping? It's so weird. We could, so we could celebrate that we'd gone into the new year in high spirits. Watching a lady hula hooping. <laughs> she's Weirdly. not a lady. She's my girlfriend's <laughs> sister, for goodness sake. So, and then I hula hooped. And I must say, I hadn't hula hooped that well over the holiday up until that point. But once the video went on, I hula hooped <laughs> like there was no tomorrow. That's all I needed was a bit of incentive. 
Um, but then I said to Kath, come on, we're all hula hooping. What fun we're having. Come on, Grace. She said, oh, no, I feel a bit sick. And I said, well, that's typical of you, isn't it? <laughs> Hey, I asked you to hula hoop, but uh, I feel a bit sick. I feel a bit sick. What you Why didn't you just hula hoop? And that oh. didn't go that well either. Absolute radio, Frank. Did I ever tell you that, Judy Dench, I was once having my photo taken outside the Ivy, which is quite a, a sort of posh restaurant in mm. London. If you're going to get it done anywhere, do it there. Yeah, well, it was, you know, it was, uh, it was a press thing. It wasn't just uh, a friend doing my photo. A car pulled up and, and Dame Judy Dench got out. And as she went past, I heard her say, I, I thought this place was for celebrities. <gasps> she didn't. She, she did. zinged you. You got zinged by she the did. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Yes, yeah, she's got I that look. I didn't know she had it in her. Oh, yeah, she's got that look about it, don't you think? Oh, she's turned. She's oh, not. Wow. She's a woman at very at home with a grimace. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you fired something back like that. No, I was taken aback <laughs> to be cut down by Judy Dench. I mean, for goodness. Just like, got, she trampled you underfoot by the sounds yeah, of it. But she looks like that. I mean, in the Bond film, she looks... Yeah. Like, she, I tell you what she looks like. The, the, the director says, OK, Dame Judy, we're just getting ready for this take mm-hmm. now. And she says, OK. And she'll go, Karen. And a personal assistant will come over with a silver tray with a shot glass full of malt vinegar. <laughs> she just knocks that back and then her face is in there. <laughs> James, you're not making this any easier. That horrible pinch. Pinched face. Yeah, yeah. Pinched. Anyway, it's not her. Oh, it's not her. It's well, Susie. I'm glad to hear it yeah. after her well, appalling behaviour. Well, you could have got her back. You could have got her back, though. So, so it's Susie Dent. In a way, I just did. <laughs> but uh, she's a well-known. Uh, le- she's a lexicographer. She is. I've heard that. <laughs> no, she's married with two kids. <laughs> Absolute Radio, Frank. I wore short trousers till I was eleven. <laughs> right. And well, actually, come to think of it. Mainly as a kid, I wore a cowboy outfit for, I'd say, the first six or seven <laughs> years of my life. I mean, you know, I, oh, I, I didn't couldn't... know you were quite that old. I yeah. Okay. Back to the <laughs> yeah. Old yeah. Midlands. I, I was in Arizona in the 1860s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We used to see, we used to see Wild Bill on his way to work in the morning. Did you genuinely... Regular did you genuinely think, would you just put that on as, a, as your clothes yeah, every day? Yeah, that was my clothes. <laughs> Didn't an adult stop you? No, I think it was just accepted then, you know. I didn't have that many clothes. It would stop me wearing out the other things. So I had a cowboy outfit until I was, like, <laughs> nine. And then, uh, as I've mentioned on the show before, my mum made me a Batman outfit. So oh, I, don't, I can't bear the poignancy of that. With the Is that the wellies one? Yeah, that's right. Oh, we had wellies. So I essentially, jeans. yeah, swimming trunks over jeans. <laughs> oh, I can't bear it. And a grey jumper. With the, <laughs> but I, I essentially wore fancy dress until I was 11. <laughs> Absolute radio. Frank. I think I was quite a lonely child, looking back. <laughs> I used to get, like, the, a couple of cowboys. Mm. I always used to do it over the sink for some reason. I liked the, yeah. I felt the sink was partially my area. Right. Yeah. I was a serial vomiter as a child. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you don't want that around soft furnishings. A lot of children play in their bedroom. You opted for they the, in the oh, sink. I couldn't play. It was bitterly cold in my bedroom. <laughs> We used to get ice on the inside of our windows in the bedroom. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. And you had our Keith sleeping off a hangover often. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, and our Terry. And our Terry. There was a time they were both heavy drinkers, and the three of us was in the same room. All oh, right. I couldn't lift that bucket. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So let's cut to you. Yeah. So in I'd, the scullery with the soldiers. Yeah. So I, I'd, I'd have the, the cowboy. I might have three or four cowboys standing around in a circle, and then we'd just have long. <laughs> 
conversations. <laughs> no, no action at all. With me saying things like, I mean, very, what I thought was like general cowboy parlance. Like, I walked into a uh, cactus. Yes, they, they're a hazard. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, for hours, like that. <laughs> It was, um, a sort of cowboy coffee morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're gonna go, gonna ride out to Tombstone later on. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's been very dry the weather of late, <laughs> and I find that the, there's a lot of dust coming up off the trail. It really, it gets on my chest. I don't know about you. It was like that, and also there was <laughs> for hours, hours. And also, I have to confess to this: there was little or no integration. I, oh. the, I used to, my my Red Indian soldiers. They'd have, they'd have their own separate sessions where they talked about in a similar mundane fashion, in a black country accent, about things like, uh, "Are oh, the central strut on my teepee? Oh. Uh, does it look very safe?" They didn't do much fighting then. No, no. I I don't remember them ever fighting, actually. I think they were too too deeply ensconced in general chit-chat. Segregation and coffee mornings. It sounds like you were a sort of scriptwriter in waiting, because that would build the tension, wouldn't it? That's that's almost like modern films, isn't it? It was like an art art house. (laughs) There must be a fight coming soon, because look, they're discussing the banal. I could happily know sit and play with um, Thai cowboys and Indians for yeah. a couple of hours on my own. Well, mm. that was evident. Last yeah, and, and, <laughs> and who's to say that I don't? Absolute Radio Frank. Did I have a team about the worst name dropping I ever had in my life? No, I, what I, was I, it? I was having, I was going to, due to have singing lessons, can you believe this? Yeah. Uh, it was a gift, and uh, not not my voice. The, uh, <laughs> no, certainly not your voice. <laughs> and I was being taught by a woman called uh, Tona de Brett, you can imagine. <laughs> did she say much obliged? I bet she did. Oh, but she was nervous. She was very, oh, do, do come in, how lovely to see you. And she was like that. And someone says, she's a lovely woman, Tona, but she's the biggest name dropper you will ever meet in your life. And I got to the house... I knocked on the door and there was a bit of a struggle to open the door and she said, oh, I'm terribly sorry, this door's never been the same since Benny Hill used it for a sketch. <laughs> I thought, I haven't got in yet, let me get in. Before you start name dropping. Absolute Radio, Frank. Tremendous news this morning, I'm wearing a singlet. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I don't ever wear a singlet. Someone gave me one, I'm going to show it. Look, oh, there it is. Oh, why don't you? Yeah, I, was, I wore a cherub vest when I was about four, but I don't think I've worn one since then. Why have you gone for the singlet? Well, um, it's, I can't tell you, because I, 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 something happened to me yesterday which left me a little sore. Oh, me too. So someone... Me too, but anyway, on with the story. <laughs> Let's not go into that, because you are a singlet. <laughs> Singlet uh, uh, would be quite a nice name for someone who hasn't got a partner, it's, wouldn't it? It's done already, I love it. Isn't that... Isn't very clever. OK, marvellous. Um, or unless if, if Natalie done. Portman uh, became uh, single, yeah. well, of course she'd be a signet. Oh. Right. oh. God, I'm absolutely on fire this morning. Can you smell that? Oh, no, it's the control desk. Absolute Radio Frank. I've had terrible news this morning. Poirot oh. has been pulled. Oh, no. Oh. Where all's been pulled? I'm going to write a sort of Bob Dylan. Where all's been pulled? Broken my heart. Where all's been pulled? I'm falling apart. I'm Mrs. Mustache and his accent so fine. Where all's been pulled and I'm losing my mind. Um, can you believe I just made that up? You can. It's, Many people can. People are not quibbling. If it was a different kind of show, I'd want to give you a round of applause. I'm glad it you did It was didn't. so good. I'm glad, I'm glad for that. Um, 
it just fell off me like windfall fruit falling from a tree. Mm. And some of it was a bit brown and squidgy, I think you'll have noticed. Mm. Now, I knew the lady, well, I still know the lady who did makeup for um, David Suchet. Oh. Wow. <laughs> How long does it take to put a false moustache on? <laughs> well, I think there was other stuff, but that was the main. Oh. She used to uh, she used to have to... Uh, that had, like, a special ca- travelling case, like a flight case wow. for Poirot's moustache. And uh, she'd try on him, you know, in, in his various... Um, try a few on him, I mm. think. I think there was a few of them. Like Skippy, I think there was 12 Skippies. They used to travel them in, in knotted sacks in the backs <laughs> of vans. Cruel in those. You couldn't get away with it nowadays. They have to have two keepers for Poirot's moustache. <laughs> but anyway, um, you had to try a few on him, and it was a sort of Suchet and C approach. Oh. And uh, at the end of the last run, he, um, he gave her an enormous moustache. Is like he? about four foot across. Horrible present. <laughs> yeah. No, but it, 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 it was like a, it was made out of card, and he'd signed oh. it and all that. Thank you for looking after my oh, moustache. Very, very self-referential, very isn't it? <laughs> I think it's a beautiful story. Absolute radio, Frank. An idiotic eureka moment. Something we've had on the show for ages. It's when you suddenly realise after ages, you suddenly get a joke or a pawn or some sort of. Mm-hmm. The example, like, B- the BT adverts, a woman mm. called BT used to advertise BT. It took me, took me over a year <laughs> to get that reference. I realised last year that The Good Life was a pun on Barbara and Tom Good's name. I didn't know that. In fact, I had one this week. How was it? If you walk down Bloomsbury in, uh, in London, mm. you know London. Yeah. Um, I like the Samuel Pepys beginning. Yeah, there's a... Um, there's a uh, left-wing bookshop, and it's called Bookmarks. And it only just struck me for the first time <gasps> this week. Oh! Marks! Yes! But it's M-A-R-K-S. Oh, they're not worried about minor details like that. Yeah, but I, that's the first time. And I, I, it's the first time it's ever struck me that, that Bookmarks... Mm. You, you're with me, Alan, you're looking I am, confused. I am, but I just wonder why they didn't go with the X. What's... No, exactly. That's well, the one that the, the left wing garage down the road <laughs> is called Skid Marks with, with, <laughs> with an X. I got that immediately. I don't know. Yeah, they, they slipped up there. <laughs> now, go on. Uh, so, on. this. Um, oh, is- oh, then there's the, uh, the left wing supplier <laughs> oh, of a duvet cover sheets and pillowcases, bed linen. <laughs> oh, that's good, Frank. <laughs> Someone will open that shop. <laughs> Eight nine five Russian walking and winter sports trotskis. <laughs> trotskis. Yes. Trot, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, a good one. That's just everything. arrived. Communist mm. temping agency office Engels. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Frank nine six four Cuban left wing petroleum company Castro Loyal. <laughs> <laughs> This is uh, this is our best phone in ever. There aren't enough um, left wing retail outlet phone-ins on commercial radio. Absolute radio, Frank. Alan and I are feeling like you need to get something off your chest this morning. Yeah, yeah have you got any Vic Vapor on? <laughs> no, I've been watching intermittently this week, and that's not the name of a, a, a new Keira Knightley emotional movie. It's, uh, it, I've been watching uh, Red or Black. Oh, oh yeah. On the t- I don't know if you're aware of Red or Black. It's a con- it's, we have actually talked about it on the show before when the original idea was yeah. uh, mooted. We talked about what it would be like 
But I don't think any of us, for one moment, thought it would be the glimpse through the gates of hell that the programme has turned out to be. <laughs> I think it's quite significant the colours red and black are the colours of the devil. And indeed, Nazi Germany. Not a fan, then. <laughs> um, I tell you what Simon Cowell has done. He's looked at um, the success of The X Factor and Britain's Got Talent, and he's thought, do we need the talent part of this? Yeah. Can't we just have... Like 50 50 guessing. He probably thought, think of the popularity. What's a really popular game? What about heads or tails? Perhaps we could get a theme on on that. (laughs) I'm starting to think that. It's made me feel very differently about Ant and Dick. To me now, they represent pure evil. We're going to need a chair cloth because uh, someone's just spat tea across the studio. You know those those are, those early flickerings of you know the uh, the occasional strange viewer phoning and uh, uh-huh. you know money going. I thought that was just it was nothing. I'm now starting that Ant could be short for Antichrist <laughs> and Deck maybe December. You know the end of days, the dark times. I honestly think that this is a, a filthy, vile virus at the centre of British society that'll bring us all down. I think Anton Deck should be hung up like Mussolini and Claretta Petucci. Well, we're out of the blocks this morning, aren't we? Well, you know, I could be wrong. Absolute Radio Frank. As you know, I've always been slightly affronted that I wasn't uh, hacked. Mm. Were you not hacked? No, I took it as, a, as, a, as an almighty slap in the face. Uh, and I've never felt that more keenly than this week when Anne Diamond stepped into the dock and I thought, well, they couldn't be bothered to hack my phone but they were queuing up to find out the general tittle-tattle of Anne Diamond. Oh, no. I thought, how long has this phone hacking been going on? It's been going on since before there were mobile phones, is all I can... Yeah. Absolute Radio Frank. So, look, I'm, I'm sorry. I know I'm supposed to be, like, you know, the cynical comedian type about the royal wedding... I was working when the royal wedding was on. Yeah. I got home, my girlfriend had taped the ceremony, and then we had a row about the fact that she hadn't taped the balcony kiss. That's oh. how I am about the royal wedding. That's the best bit. Yeah, I had, to, I had a car waiting for me. I had to wait till uh, four o'clock news on Sky and see the balcony kiss before I, uh, before I went. Oh, you've got to see the kiss. Oh, God, both. Both kisses. Mm. The first one, I felt it was one of those slightly dry lip kisses, and they said, let's do that again. I was a bit dry lipped. They did. Well, Andrew Neil complained about it. He said exactly that. He said, that wasn't long enough. They'll have to do that again. <laughs> yeah. Horrible old uncle. Oh, the idea of Andrew Neil as that. I'm going to go over now to Andrew Neil, our kissing expert. <laughs> Horrible thought. What were your highlights? Well, first of all, I think she's a complete babe, Kate. Mm. Can I say that? And I, I mean, she's a strong, independent, modern 21st century woman. I mean, look at that thing when he turned up when she was doing that, when she was uh, coxing the rowing team for the charity rowing race, and he turned up after the split. And she jumped mm. out the boat and swam right across. That didn't the... really happen, <laughs> Frank. You know, it happened in uh, William and Kate the movie, and I'm taking that. I'm seeing that as a kind of a documentary. That's no. one of the best Sunday afternoons I've ever spent. I was completely not bothered about the royal wedding. I watched William and Kate the movie, and I thought, now these are my people. <laughs> I know these people now. They're in my life. And also, Prince William, he had spurs on in Westminster Abbey. Spurs. Yes, I noticed spurs. that. Proper spinning. Sp- I imagine. I imagine him at the party, a bit drunk, <laughs> half eleven at night, slicing pizza with his heels. Absolute radio, Frank. Yeah. Anyway, so I was. I spent the whole evening watching um, Andy Murray. Oh, I watched some of that. It, well, the whole nation. They, they, BBC One cl- virtually closed down mm. for Andy Murray, and there's a bit every now and again. Um, 
Sue Barker would come in and explain that if you'd just tuned in right. for a certain programme, it wasn't happening. It's like 1983, Sue yeah. Barker. I'm yeah. glad she still gets the work, Frank. I love Sue Barker. Yeah. There's a bit where she said, uh, if you've tuned in expecting to see EastEnders, maybe you should reevaluate your life. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday night. You've tuned in especially. Oh, I mean, OK, if it's on, you can hear people saying, Sue, leave it. No, 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 I know what I'm doing. <laughs> OK, if it's on, fair enough, watch it. But to tune in specifically, and then to be crestfallen because we're watching a major sporting event. I mean, come on, you people. Sue, leave it. Will you get off my shoulder? <laughs> it went on like that for ages. <laughs> But I tell you what, I watched that game, and I'm no expert, but I watched that game, I was on my own, it gave me a little a bit of scope to concentrate and to, and to mm -hmm. do a bit of analysis, mm -hmm. and I am not certain, but I would say I'm 99% sure now that Andy Murray's mom and his girlfriend do not get on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. No, I was watching them in the box, I felt... Don't you love a shot of the box? I love that. I felt there was an iron curtain between old Ma Murray, as I believe <laughs> she's called on the circuit, and uh, the beautiful model. Okay. But there was a bit... You know that Murray, he's, he's one contribution, really, to uh, popular culture. He's to do a little punch with his right hand and go, come on! Mm -hmm. That's all he ever... That's it. I mean, if I was going to do that, you know, G myself up a lot, I'd come up with some alternatives. Like, you could spin him around a bit, you know. Occasionally go... Oh, yes! Or, ha-ha! <laughs> you know? Ha-ha! And then people, yeah, then people are thinking, oh, which one's it going to be this time? I see the fist going, but which one, you know, on the, on the wheel of remarks spinning in his head, where, where will it stop? <laughs> It'd be like a fabulous um, exclamation roulette. <laughs> but it's always come up. And there was a bit when they, they shot the, the mom, and the mom obviously feeling, you know, who wants to sit next to a model? In Especially the box, not anyway. in that pink blazer. Especially not one who's taken her son away from her. After all, she's given her entire life. She carried him for nine months. <laughs> and ever since, has always been putting him as a priority in her life. And now some strumpet turns up and takes him away from her, turning him against her behind her back. And, um, and the model does a little punch and goes, come on. Like that. Oh. Maury style. And the mother looked absolutely... That is our thing! <laughs> That's our family thing! You come here and you do the little punch and say, come on, who the hell do you... Oh, it was a tense <laughs> moment. Absolute Radio Frank. WFW has been in the news. Who's oh. that, Frank? Oh, that's the world's fattest woman. <laughs> I thought that was um, the clerk guy. <laughs> 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 yes, but this is quite a happy story. Is she, is she in any way tied in with uh, BFM? Was a, a regular character on I this sincerely show. hope uh, not. Britain's fattest man. Britain's fattest man, we should explain. Yeah, no, but he no longer... Alex... He'd be uh, a good, he should have his own radio station, just called BFM. <laughs> 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 For Britain's fattest man, he'd be all right as well. She could well, just wheel, wheel him from microphone to microphone. Carry on. Pauline Potter... Uh, waste. <laughs> I, I just think that's the right name for the world's fattest woman, isn't it? Pauline Potter. It just sounds right. <laughs> she can't even potter. She can't get out of bed anymore. Poor, poor, can't potter about. Oh, yeah, that's good. Well, apparently it's made her relationship's back on track. Her ex-husband says he can't resist her now. Mm. He says she's dynamite in bed. <laughs> well, I don't know if she's dynamite. More like napalm. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'm desperate to be her lover and caretaker again. Which I think was quite a strange like romantic. That. Did you get one of those brown overalls? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> oh, dear. My dad was a school caretaker. We couldn't move for ISL toilet paper and, uh, and Ajax in our house. And neither can her ex-husband. No, like, I, no I shouldn't think so. one of her legs weighs more than he does. Yeah. How did they... If he were made of gold. How, <laughs> how well do you know someone where you can say, oh, dear, what, shall we... Pauline, what about we weigh one of your legs tonight? <laughs> she was all right with that. Yeah. And what about what about one of your upper arms? Come on, get that on. Hold on, let's get a pen and paper. We'll do you in sections, and then we'll add it up and see if they come to fifty-two stone. What if they don't? That'll be bizarre. <laughs> That's the kind of fun they have at home. He's eleven stone, the husband. Yeah, yeah. he's eleven, and she's fifty-two. I want. Does he call her his other half? <laughs> or does he call her his other five six? <laughs> Absolute Radio, Frank. I settled down to watch Britain's Got Talent, and Cat uh, came back with a cup of tea, and uh, it looked a bit looked a bit of an odd colour to me, and also there was a knife in it. <laughs> Oh dear! It was a oh. knife, Don Corleone. Exactly. I mean, what was it? Some sort of veiled threat <laughs> with the blade facing upwards, or? Yeah, no, the uh, blade was in, and the. Okay. Uh, I think was that's out. what he did to potential victims. Honestly, <laughs> I've heard something like that. It's a mafia thing. If, Honestly, if you can imagine a very domestic version of the sword in the stone, <laughs> <laughs> it was like that. And the light, it was one of those knives. I don't know what the official name is, but the one that you'd use uh, that for, for butter spreading. A butter uh, knife, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that what they're called? Because yeah. you don't want a very butter sharp knife. knife. You yeah. don't want a sharp, especially if it's a serrated edge. I don't know if you've ever spread spread butter with <laughs> yeah. a serrated edge knife. It looks like a ploughed field, that sandwich. <laughs> I feel I should be eating raw vegetables on it. <laughs> so anyway, um, and then when I tasted it, I said, this tastes strange. And I thought, maybe oh. uh, maybe there was something left on the knife. Maybe it's just in soak, yeah. the knife. <gasps> um, oh, she said, oh, I thought I'd use up the UHT. Now, I've just spent £150 at the supermarket. Can I say, I've had three Sony nominations, I've got my own TV show, I have international representation, I have to come home, I have to drink tea made with UHT from a mug that I have to stir with a knife? <laughs> this was the nature of my speech. It was like, look back in anger with Richard Burton. I gave an enormous rags to riches impassioned speech. I have fought my guts out to get away from drinking UHT that I have to stir with a knife. And off it, I was absolute. Oh, I was a martyr. You were uh, off like the horse at the wedding. Oh, man, it was... Uh, is that going to become a new phrase? <laughs> How come oh. you had UHT in the house? Well, exactly. And the whole idea of I, I wanted to use it up, like, you know, UHT, it ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Let's face it. We could have said that'll do when we have people around at Christmas and the UHT would have been all right. Frank, 437, she was making you a knife cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrating Frank Skinner's 60th birthday. Absolute Radio Frank.